for our GeoQuiz today. We're looking for a city in southeast Cuba. About a quarter of a million people live there. To the north are Cuba's Sierra Maestra Mountains. To the south, the Caribbean Sea. And nearby is a famous bay which shares its name with the city. Columbus and his crew called it Puerto Grande. Today we call it by a name that's become synonymous for terrorist prison and military tribunal. That's because of the U.S. naval base located there. I gave it away, didn't I? Okay, then, no point delaying the answer. It's Guantanamo. City, Bay, and U.S. base all share that name. And today, by the way, marks the end of an era at the base. The last two Cuban employees there, ages 82 and 79, are retiring. For decades, thousands of Cuban workers have commuted the few miles that separate Guantanamo, the city, from the U.S. Guantanamo base. Liz Shevchenko directs the Guantanamo Public Memory Project. It's a nonprofit effort to literally collect the memories of anyone who worked at Guantanamo. She says Cuban employees are a big part of the base's history. Well, Guantanamo was built as we know it, was constructed from the ground up by uh, uh, thousands of Cuban workers. And every aspect of life was supported from flipping burgers to constructing roads. Um, and really, it's their work that created it as a, a sort of modern training site and as a, a full-blown military base. Who's doing most of that work now? Um, mostly contract worker from uh, Jamaica and the Philippines mm. who uh, were brought in after Cuban workers were forced to sort of choose their loyalties between working on the base or remaining uh, in Cuba after 1964. So the workforce completely changed uh, after that point, and Cuban nationals are, uh, for the most part, you know, have not been working on the base for quite some time. So there's an ongoing conference on Guantanamo in New York this week, just beginning the process of drawing together all these oral histories that you're working on. What impresses you, Liz, about their experiences? What stands out for you in their stories? The important thing, I think, uh, about these stories uh, is the perspective they provide uh, to people who only know uh, Guantanamo as a detention center and are not aware of the many different uh, roles that the base has played. Um, both in Cuban life and in American history. So their memories of uh, this as uh, one of the highest paying jobs in eastern Cuba, also their children who grew up there and knew no other home um, is a really fascinating story, the kind of sense of community and the sense of sort of sheltered existence that they treasure to this day. Um, And I think one of the other amazing things is the many uh, Cuban workers who have made it stateside Um, keep in touch with each other so uh, the bonds between them have been so strong that they keep in touch. Let's hear from someone who actually has worked at the military camp, uh, Alberto Jones. Uh, Good to meet you. Um, How long have you or how long did you work at Guantanamo? Yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you. I started there in 1958, in the summer of 1958, and I left on October 22nd, 1962, the day of the missile crisis. But altogether, my family who pretty much everyone worked there, put in approximately 150 years service. Wow. And what did you do when you were working there, Alberto? Well, I started uh, flipping hamburger and graduated uh, pushing papers as a GS2 in Public Work Center. And what was your relationship like with the Americans? It was very good traveling there as a, as a kid. It was being an Amer- another American, uh, which enabled me to, to go to the beaches, the pools, the stores, And then in 1958, I started as an employee. I got paid at the time, but I lost all of the other privilege. No more beaches, no more pool, which was limited only to Americans. 
Wow. So when you took your stories of working at Guantanamo back across the border to the Cubans who lived in the city of Guantanamo, what's their reaction to you? I mean, here is this guy who's like leaving communist territory and working for the Americans every day. Going across borders, as you said, did not mean anything because most of the people in southeastern Cuba depended on uh, the income coming from the base, which was the largest employer in, at the time. So you, you weren't really scorned then by anybody for working at the base? No, because it was a normal crossing uh, up until 1959. Cubans went in and Americans came out. What happened, the political environment began to break down and then traveling in and between, we were caught between two struggling forces. The Cubans were not in love with us going at the base because of the conflict that made any one of us a potential enemy. And the American side would also um, keep a close eye on someone who they thought was not or could be a potential support of the Cuban government. We were actually in a no man's land. Interesting. And what is the attitude now in Guantanamo toward the military base? I mean, especially since the base started receiving all the terrorist suspects from around the, around the world. The base is not on the radar of the average Cuban in Guantanamo. They neither fear the base nor the people inside of the base. Alberto, what was the best day and worst day for you, uh, as far as you can recall, working at Guantanamo? Mm, my best day was visiting and spending time with my cousin as a kid. We didn't have access to pools and things like that. So as a kid, that was a fun time. My worst day on the base and probably up to today was October 22nd. I thought that was the last day I would be on Earth. The peak of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. That's why I choose to move by, um, to leave the base and be by my family. And that morning I called my mother, who was employed there as a maid, to ask her if she was aware what was going on. She said, yes. Uh, and I said, what are you doing? She said, no, I'm staying. I said, uh, this is war. So I'll call you back at noon uh, to get a final response. And I did. And she said, I'm staying. So I said, goodbye and good luck. Wow. And I said, 17 years after. That's why we need to salvage that story. There's too much pain, tears, and misery among people who prior to that were friends. And uh, I think it can be restored. And that's why I'm so honored for what Liz and others are doing. Liz, what do you hope the Guantanamo Public Memory Project will do? We're hoping that uh, it is going to build a greater public awareness of the longer history of the U.S. naval base at Guantanamo in order to open new public dialogue and investment in what happens in Guantanamo in the future. Liz Shevchenko with the Guantanamo Public Memory Project and Alberto Jones from Guantanamo, Cuba. Thank you both very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you.